Speaking of Joseph, let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. You find, if you want to use the Bible that's in the pew or chair, it's on page 807. We'll be reading Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Chapter 1, verse 18 of the Gospel according to Matthew. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray again. Father, we seek you. We seek your son. We seek, Lord, the salvation that you have so graciously laid out in Jesus Christ, your your only begotten son. Lord, we praise you for your mercy and your willingness to bring goodness and rescue and everlasting happiness to those who had turned their backs upon you. Oh, Lord, we rejoice in your love, and we seek you this night in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a phrase in the hymn we just sang, leaving riches without number. I'd like to explore that tonight in this phrase, he will save his people from their sins. And I simply want to try to explore, just taking that phrase, some of what that means. This is just a tiny part of what it means that he will save his people from their sins. But I hope as we go through this, you can embrace these things and that perhaps in areas where you maybe haven't thought about being saved in that area or that you've thought it's just me doing it to realize, no, his salvation stretches out to that as well. His salvation stretches out to every single part of your life. 
He leaves you, he doesn't leave you on your own in anything, in anything. He comes to rescue you completely in every way. And as we read this, uh, as, as I talk about this, realize that this means you're being saved now and you will be saved throughout your life and he will save his people throughout, throughout all history. He begins it, he carries it out, he completes it. He saved us, he's saving us, he will save us. So keep thinking, you know, temporally in that way that all aspects of salvation at all times. So he saves us so that we understand first something of the ugliness of our sin. We understand something of the darkness and evil of it, the hatred and rejection of God that is at the core of sin, the neglect and abuse of others that has been the pathway of our sin. He saves us from ignoring our sin, from excusing our sin, defending our sin, watering down our sin, civilizing our sin. He saves us so that we can face our sin and be honest and open about our sin. He saves us so that we can come to Christ with our sin. He saves us so that we see Christ's glory and goodness. He saves us so that we see he is the one who offered himself up as a sacrifice for our sins. We see that he died in our place and bore our punishment. He took our guilt. He suffered our wrath. He saves us so that we're able to trust in Christ, to take away our sin, to rest in Christ and know a clean conscience, to be free from guilt and shame, to be free from despair and dread. He saves us. He saves us from the fear of judgment. He saves us to know and believe the love that God has for us. He saves us from thinking he's a distant, neglectful God. He saves us to believe in his constant care. He saves us to believe that God is passionately committed to our good in every circumstance, that he loves us and works all things together for our good. He so saves us. He saves us to believe that doing his will and not our own is the pathway to happiness and satisfaction. He saves us from bowing to the false delusions of sin. Now, in a lot of these things, this is progressive, right? It's ongoing. It's growing. It's not all at once. It's throughout the whole of our lives. But I think it, it helps me to just to say he saves us from these things. It's absolute. He surely does it. 
He saves us from the weakness and pride of thinking we can live on our own. He saves us from depending on ourselves instead of him. He saves us to realize the always overpowering spiritual forces we face. To know how desperately we need God's constant Strength. He saves us to know that apart from him, we can do no good thing. He saves us to know that the word of God is not a casual word. It is our very life. He saves us to believe it is the critical lamp for our feet and light for our path. He saves us to delight and meditate in it, to long for it and rejoice over it to hide it in our hearts and practice it in our lives. He saves us to abide in him and for his word to abide in us. He saves us to walk in the spirit and to live in the power and life of the spirit, to be filled and governed by the spirit so that, as Jesus put it, living water flows from our innermost being. He so saves us. He saves us to have rich lives of prayer over time. He saves us to believe his promises in prayer. To believe in the far-reaching salvation of Christ for us. And to fully expect that salvation to find wonderful, continued fulfillment in our lives. He saves us to know in prayer awe and wonder, joy and hope. He saves us to worship him gladly with his people. He saves us to be fully engaged in worship, to enter into it eagerly with all our hearts. He saves us to know in worship conviction and forgiveness, trust, commitment, joy, and awe. He saves us from ignoring him As we enjoy his creation. He saves us from living thankless, dull, boxed in, myopic, empty, enslaved lives with no amazement in God as we engage in creation and culture. He saves us to enjoy and delight in him as we enjoy and delight in his world. He saves us to recognize him and fellowship with him in all that we do. He saves us to have resilience and patience, to love even when we're mistreated, to return good for evil instead of being overcome by evil and giving it back. He saves us to trust in God's love and care even when we are neglected or mistreated by other people. He saves us to trust God and to give ourselves away to those around us. He saves us to abandon self-protection and self-promotion and self-absorption. He saves us to love. He saves us to find joy and satisfaction in humility and kindness, forgiveness and patience. 
He saves us to serve others as he has served us. He saves us to conform all our ways to his ways and to manifest his love in all that we do. He saves us. He saves us for mercy. He saves us to have compassion on the afflicted, the destitute, and the suffering. He saves us to a growing desire to rescue others as God has rescued us. To minister to needy people as God has ministered to us. He saves us to love mercy like God loves mercy. He saves us from broken relationships, from the pain and suffering and loss we've experienced in relationships. In this way, he saves us from the trajectories of sin and pain that that would cause. He saves us for for different pathways of healing wholeness in which, in spite of the hurt we've experienced, still we are able to grow in love, still we're able to taste the joy of giving ourselves to fill the lives of others. He saves us from the crippling effects of anxiety and depression and despair. He sets us free from destructive desires that oppose God's will, destructive habits and lusts, from slavery to emotions that cause us to hurt people. He saves us from jealousy and envy and hatred and anger and bitterness. He saves us so that our words do not cut and wound, but rather they nourish and comfort and strengthen. He saves us from deceit, and gossip and slander and backbiting from mockery and abuse. Kids, he saves us from disobedience and disrespect to our parents. He saves us from talking back to our parents. He saves us from arguing with our parents and raising our voices at our parents, from lying to our parents. He saves us from not honoring our parents. Of course, that can grow. That can grow. Finally, completely, he saves us from death and judgment. He saves us so that death, which formerly was a sign of final judgment and an entrance into awful final judgment, Now, against its will, so to speak, death ushers us us into the very presence of Christ. He saves us so that when we die, we join the host of innumerable angels in heaven. We become part of the assembly of the saints in the presence of Christ. He saves us so that in that day, Each one of us who dies becomes then one of the spirits of righteous people made perfect. He saves us for riotous joy in his presence, awaiting the restoration of all things. And then at the end of this age, he will save our bodies. He will save all creation. 
He will unite all things in Christ. Our Lord Jesus said, he will renew all things. He will remove all sin and suffering and death from this world. He will save us to enter into the final fullness of our adoption as his children. Our glorious freedom as the children of God when our bodies are resurrected. Then he so saves us that our whole humanity, spirit and body, will be made new forever. And all creation, which is groaning in bondage right now, will also enter into the freedom and glory of the children of God. He will save us so that we reign with him forever and ever. Friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, these are the treasures. Just some, some of the treasures Christ brings to us, some of what it means that he will save us from our sins. And one way to look at every line in the Bible, verse, uh, practically every story in the Bible, is to find some other aspect of God's goodness and salvation that is finally brought to us in Jesus Christ. One more way that we need him, one more way he meets our needs in Christ Jesus. I hope that you explore this treasure during this season, throughout this whole year, throughout the whole of your life. Welcome this Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Oh Lord, give us grace as the people of God to receive Christ Jesus as our Lord. Give Lord, if there are those who are here who realize or came knowing that they have never trusted Christ, we pray give each one of them grace. Even now, we would say, save them, Lord. Save them so that they see you and trust you. Save them so that they see your joy. Uh, they, they see you with joy and gladness and take you and depend upon you for all their days. Oh, Lord, remove blindness, remove the obstacles, remove the lies that would keep us from you. And give your grace that your salvation might extend to more and more people, even tonight right here. We pray this for your glory and honor. Amen.